across the world, real estate agents are underachieving. They're missing out on millions of dollars in commissions. My name is Pat Hyben, and in the past 27 years, I've sold over 6,000 homes, selling over a billion dollars in real estate volume. My plan is to interview agents from across the world and help all agents create their destiny. Happy Wednesday, Rockstar Nation. Hope everybody's week is going great. Man, we have a super interview today. I'm excited about Blair Myers, man. He he is knocking it dead. And, you know, more than anything, Blair inspires me in that Blair, through being, you know, the absolute epitome of free and liberated, he has created so much success. I can tell you that, you know, I worked decades in in the real estate game changing my appearance uh to go to the grocery store to pick up some milk for the kids with fear of somebody seeing me uh, acting a certain way my whole life for fear of uh losing a listing or not uh being able to compete you know i wouldn't go as far as saying selling my soul to make money but i would go as far as saying altering and not being uh, completely liberated with myself. And so whenever I find somebody or meet somebody who is as liberated as, as Blair is, I say that right there is ultimate freedom. And I think that's what everybody yearns for. It's hard. I mean, we change. We, we react constantly um, to make money. But it would be great to be able to make money and just be massively be yourself, I think. And Blair is the epitome of that, and and it was it was a very exciting interview. Just you know, some of the most profound statements he said. One of them being, hey, you know, he he is not the reason that he gets business through branding and not business through cold calling and lead generation and being assertive with can I be your agent type scripts is because this way he's rejected. Before he ever meets anybody, they're in never being rejected. It's like if a tree falls in the forest, does it make a noise, right? And I think, and I thought to myself, man, that's brilliant, right? He's rejected before anybody ever meets him, so he's really never rejected, right? They've already accepted him when they called him. And you're going to hear that in there. I'm not going to dig too deep into it it's a it's a really good show couple of uh, housekeeping items i am uh, putting the finishing touches on my listing agent uh, university if you if you haven't heard me talk about this before basically what it is is i i took eight of the world's top real estate agents and had them sit down with me and do their listing appointments where they went over everything from the start of the process to the end of the process, that hour, that two hours that someone is with you with a seller on a listing appointment, and we hyper-focused. First of all, I had them do it. We acted through it. Then I had them analyze it, right? Why did you say this? Why did you say this? Why did you touch the person there? Why did you pull out the price now? Why didn't you pull out the price now? You know, and and we broke it down into six compartments, and I've broken those up into more compartments, and I've created a, a kind of a university course that is that I'm calling uh, CLA, which is Certified Listing Agent. Right? It's simple. Each part has you know a quiz. 
at the end of it and you have to get a certain uh, uh, passing grade on the quiz or you can't go you know you don't get your certificate and and it's cool because if you're running a team you know you can have anybody that wants to be a listing agent uh, take this course it's 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 a lot of video and it's a lot of coursework but it's worth it because they're going to come out of here like a superstar as is will if you as will you i should say if you buy it on your own you're going to come out if you pass this thing and get through it you're going to come out you know kind of like these eight agents all merged together in one ball and it's a it's a super ball that when you throw it it bounces 100 million feet up in the air that's how you're going to be when you take this course and so i'm starting to create um, um it, it sells for 499 bucks and it, it runs forever meaning i'm going to give you a username and passcode and you're going to be able to go online and watch these things over and over again if you like an agent let rachel adams is in it let's say rachel you know you want to watch uh rachel's section on uh price and you can watch it over and over and over and over again, right? For the rest of your life and be the Mac daddy when it comes to price. Or you want to watch uh, Dan Grebe's section on commission or Brendan Payne's, you know, section on uh, building rapport. Whatever the case may be, you can go back and do it and, and your username and passcode will last forever. So anyway, it's 499 bucks. I'm collecting emails for anybody that wants to consider buying it prior to it being released all you got to do right now is send an email to rockstars at hyben.com rockstars at hyben.com or rockstar at hyben.com I, I, I got both of them so either or and um, just put certified listing agent 50 percent off or put i want 50 percent off and put your name you know we got your email but just put your full name i want 50 percent off i want 50, that's all you got to say is i want 50 percent off and uh, when it comes out, I'll email you um, it. A uh, special thing will only be 50% off. Everybody else guarantees is going to be paying $499.9. This is not a, a scam of sorts. And then I am also going to Omaha, Nebraska on uh, in about 10 days, two weeks. And I am filming for a week with Jeff Cohn. Jeff has gone from, you know, as many of you know from listening, he went from like 85 units to 425 in three years. He is truly netting, right? Uh, tax return netting a million bucks on his business uh, in a very short period of time. And we're conducting the same sort of course on team building. I don't know the cost on that one, but if, if you want that to just put CTA, it'll be certified team agent in your email say 50% off or just put you know whatever say courses 50% whatever you do send me an email I'm going to start collecting them rockstar at hyben.com rockstar at h-i-b-a-n.com do it just send me an email and when it comes out you'll be the first to know about it and you'll get 50% off so without further ado let's jump into Blair Myers I hope you guys enjoy this and it inspires you as much as it has me Okay, Rockstar Nation, we have a great returning guest today. I have Blair Myers on the phone from Macon, Georgia, and Blair is doing some incredible things, just some incredible things, not only with himself personally, but with his real estate business, and uh, I'm excited to have him on the show and explain a couple of things. Number one, you know, how he went from the last time he was on the show doing 200 units to over 400 units now. 
and uh, how he's liberated himself and changed. We were just talking about his profile picture and how his profile picture has drastically changed. And he personally has drastically changed. And we're going to talk a little bit about that and get into it. So without further ado, Blair, welcome back to Pat Hyben Interviews Real Estate Rockstars. It's good to be back, Pat. So why don't you uh, catch everybody up because, you know, you're on television now and you're you're doing all kinds of neat things. Why don't you give us an idea of what you're doing today? Well, I've always been just me, as you know, living out loud, being my larger-than-life personality, whether it's on camera or not, that now I am on camera. And when I watch the show, sometimes I don't remember the things that I said. And I laugh and think that I'm ridiculous and crazy and completely outrageous. It's it's interesting because, of course, we film the show six, eight months before it actually comes on the air. So I get an insight, a reflection into me uh, that you know, you don't get to see because you live within your own body. And um, it's been an interesting experience for me. But yes, every part of my life is now being recorded for television and being displayed for all to see. That's that's awesome. And what he's talking about is on Oxygen Network. It's called Like a Boss. It's with Nick Cannon from what's, you know, America's Got Talent and all kinds of other stuff. And our very own Blair Myers. And Blair is a boss and they follow this guy around who's his assistant. And it's funny. It's a good show. So, okay, so let's get into some nitty gritty here, uh, Blair. So first of all, what did you do to go from 200 units last time we talked to 400 units today? Well, I do every part of the business. I don't specialize. That's some of the worst advice I got when I first got in the business was find your niche and go with it because the market cycles, it changes every few years and you can't always count on one thing or another to carry you through every market shift. So I do everything. I list everything. Uh, I list for new construction builders. I develop subdivisions. I build houses myself now. I list foreclosure properties, many different REO corporate clients. Um, retail, traditional owner-occupant sellers, you name it, I do it. There is nothing I turn my nose up to. Sometimes people come to me and they say, oh, do you even want to bother with this home? And I say, absolutely. I will drive my Mercedes S-Class up to a ghetto dump Mm. that is a brothel and has like 5 million condoms coming out the back door. Wow. And I will stick my sign in the yard. I don't care. Now, don't ask me to clean up. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) I'll get somebody else to come in and do that. But I'm happy to stick my son in the yard. I don't turn my nose up to anything. And I think that's key to last in this business long term. Plus, I list more than anyone else in this market. There's no one that comes close to listing the number of houses that I do. And that's key to owning your market is market share. So, okay, so I love that because I'm, you know, I'm a big fan of listings because we all know buyers are a byproduct of the listings. So what do you do to get so many listings? It's all about branding. Number one, having more listings than anyone else in the market is key because people see my signs everywhere. But I also have vehicles that are wrapped in everything Blair. They have my pictures. They have all of my graphics on them. They, they stick out. There's one that's pink. There's one that's turquoise. The next one we're going to, and we name them too. So we have Stella that's pink, Stanley. The next one is going to be, um, well, I'll give you a little preview. I won't tell you the, the nitty gritty details. That'll be revealed later, which we usually <laughs> do. And, um, we let people vote on the name and that sort of thing. But it's going to be a Doug Dynasty 
type of character that's going to come and live with Stanley and Stella in the office parking lot. And he's <laughs> going to be a little rough around the edges. He's going to be their country cousin coming to the city. But it's that branding that really sets me apart. No one had ever done it in this market like I do. I, I would venture to say, although I don't know every realtor that's out there, that very few do it um, in the way that I do it. But certainly no one around here. I decided, you know, from the time I popped out of the womb with a bag of skills, that I was going to be true to myself. Mm. And I've always joked that I should have popped out of a womb in Southern California. Something went wrong and I came out in the Southeast. But I have made a name for myself here. What I take most pride in is that I have not only done well, I've done well being true to myself. And I hope that by me living my truth, by showing people that you can live your best life, being exactly who you are, that that can inspire and influence others. <clears throat> yeah, I, I love that. And, and that's what I love about you is that you've, you've liberated yourself from any withholding to try to fit... Uh, someone else's perception of what is is normal and what should be and and I think like from the general public right we see there's a lot of gay realtors out there there are you know we see them on the television shows but those shows are like you said they're in California and LA and they're in New York and so I think it's different to be a gay realtor. It's, it's, you've obviously had a gay realtor in Macon, Georgia, or any part of, like you said, the Bible Belt. And so what kind of struggles did you go through initially to butt up against that and to stay liberated and to stay yourself uh, where the pressure was even more fierce than it would have been if you were born in L.A. or New York? Well, and I could have moved to New York or L.A. I mean, there's nothing that you know chained me to middle Georgia. But I felt like this is where I'm meant to be. This is where I was born. It's where I was raised is in the Southeast. And there are wonderful aspects to life here. There's good and bad everywhere you go. And I enjoy the good parts of living here and won't go into what all of those are. They are probably fairly obvious and the good parts and bad parts anywhere else are probably fairly obvious. But I enjoy life here. Um, it's incredibly affordable to live here. You can turn a ton of real estate and make a great living. And I had several defining moments in my life, um, one of which was when I was in high school. And the principal and the guidance counselor were meeting with me. And I'd had issues being made fun of. The guidance counselor had called the principal in. And the principal of the school had told me to change myself. He had mm. said, essentially, change everything about yourself, and then you will assimilate, you will fit in, um, you won't be made fun of anymore. So he was giving and, you reasons, like you were coming to him saying, hey, I'm getting bullied, and he was saying, well, it's your own fault. Change yes, yourself. Yeah. by default, yeah. that I was being true to myself. Right, And right. my point to that was, or what occurred to me at that, at that point in time was I'm not the problem. The problem is outside of me. Yes. I'm being true to myself. You shouldn't be asking me to change, nor should anyone else ask me to change when someone else has a problem and it's within them. Yes. So I'm not going to internalize that and make it my problem when it's outside of me. Good for you. I will continue to be myself. I will continue to be empowered by that process of being myself. And I will live my life out loud, being completely true in every single way to who I am. If you have an issue with it, it's your issue. It's not mine. That's where most people 
find it find a, an issue or problem themselves is that they make other people's problems their problem. They internalize what is external, and then they create what I referenced earlier that self um, that that prison cell that they live within, where they they can't be true to themselves because they're so wrapped up in their head that people are going to like them. They are going to be successful in business. They are going to be accepted or loved. And I have the most successful brand in this market for for six of the 12 years I've been licensed. I've been the number one agent here. People come up to me wherever I go, even before I was on TV, and they say, I can't get away from you. I see you everywhere (laughs) I go. I see cars driving by with your name on them. I see your signs in yards everywhere I go. I I see you on TV now. I cannot get away from your name. And I almost want to be in their face to the point of annoyance so that they never stop thinking about me and specifically in reference to real estate. That's what branding is about. That's what realtors should be focusing on. It should not be about, well, I'm with this ABC franchise because of their name. That's giving too much power to that name. And the franchise means nothing. Consumers don't choose because of franchise 99% of the time. They choose the agent. They want to like the agent. They want to feel like they could be friends with the agent sometimes. They choose the agent. Oftentimes I get calls or emails saying, you're number one. Who else would I use? Of course I'm going to use you. It's those sorts of reasons that they usually choose agents. You need to brand yourself individually as an agent away from the company, whether it's independent or franchise, so that you can go anywhere, ABC Realty, XYZ Realty, and you can be successful because of your brand, not because the company you're associated with. And you should never be dependent upon that company and think you have to pay franchise fees, you have to pay these insane referral fees that I see at some of the companies, where you may as well be working at McDonald's because you probably get health insurance and you'd probably make about the same amount of money by the time the transaction closes and you're paying out all these fees to the company, the corporate franchise brand, the referral source, you know, everything else. I don't do that kind of business. I get my own business. Mm. Well, here's the thing. I, I sort of think that your flamboyancy and, and the fact that you in a lot of your pictures wear makeup and and stuff like that i think it actually benefits you it's a it's an unfair advantage almost to 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 speak of because what happens is by you being on a billboard or you being on a a car and you're you know wearing makeup and you're outwardly gay let's say people double take right they they remember you where if you were just a guy and you gave yourself a crew cut and you and you wore a, a gray tie a gray a uh, red tie and a and a gray suit every day, um, you know, you would just be one of the other schmucks out there trying to say, "Use me to be a real estate agent." Well, with that, I think if they see your billboard or they see your car, they're like, "There's the gay realtor Blair," and I can't stop seeing him all over. I think it actually helps you, wouldn't you say? Well, I never want to be defined by my sexual orientation. There's much more to me than that. So I don't want people to look at me and say, oh, there's the gay realtor. Oh, look at this. Look at that. You know, yes, I get spray tanned every time before I go on camera. I will be beat to the gods every time I go on camera. I don't go to Kroger's worrying about my spray tan, worrying about being having my face beat, having my hair done, anything like that. 
if I'm going to the grocery store, if I'm doing whatever, I'm a normal everyday person. If there's going to be pictures of me, if I'm going to be on camera filming, yes, I will make sure I look as perfect as I can possibly look. But I don't live my life in a way that I am going to be if I have control over it, defined by what you're referencing there. Right. But the fact of the matter is it's not in your, it's not by you. It's, I'm just saying from other people, you know, it's just like being the only Mexican guy in a, in a, in a small town. They're going to think to themselves, oh, that's the Hispanic realtor. You know what I mean? It's not right or wrong. It just, uh, but do people choose me because I'm the gay realtor or do they choose me because I'm the number one agent in the market? I think they choose you because you're the number one agent in the market and they, they see a lot of you, you know, because your branding has worked. Exactly. And that's why they should choose. I've had people choose me because they say I'm gorgeous and I can tell they're just kind of awestruck. <laughs> that shouldn't be the reason. Yeah, no. Yeah, I don't think anybody well, wants that. Yeah. If that's the reason you're choosing me, then fine. I'll go with it. I want to capture as many people as I can get. That's why I do every part of the market. That's why I put myself out there in every way that I possibly can. I'm not going to get every consumer to work with me. I just want as many as I possibly can get. And I want it to be all incoming. I don't prospect at all. I don't do any advertising beyond like having a free profile on the different syndication sites, mm. beyond you know having my cars, beyond having social media pages, beyond being on like a boss on oxygen. I don't pay to advertise in the traditional sources. I don't pay you know lead generation sites, um, corporate referral um, companies. I don't do any of that. It's all incoming. They they call, they email, sometimes they show up at the office. And they say, I've got a home to sell. I want to buy a home, whatever it is. And that's all incoming. It's organic lead generation. So, so was that's that the name did, of the game. Did Oxygen come to you and say, hey, will you audition for this show? Yes. The, networks, um, the network approached me and gave me a little info on the show, um, told me that an actor, um, a big actor was in it. And, of course, that ended up being Nick Cannon. I think of Nick Cannon as, like, entertainer extraordinaire. Yeah, yeah. So it didn't even Not occur to actor. me that, you know, he was the actor. But we did an interview process, and I was chosen for the show. And what about with TLC, with Honey Boo Boo? Now, did you did – you, was that a referral from a past client, or did TLC call you and say, hey, look, Honey Boo Boo wants to buy a house, and uh, we want you to be the realtor? Same there. They reached out to me. They reached out to you. Yeah. I think it was the, a similar, I don't know for sure, because I wasn't the production company. I wasn't involved in casting. But I think they saw me online. They liked my branding. They liked you know how I stood out. They liked my personality. And um, of course, I'm a big personality. And usually on TV, they want big personalities. So um, what other people consider, you know, negatives, actually, I've turned into positives, yeah. not just in my branding, but also in the television entertainment realm. I was told by another defining moment in my life, I was told by the first broker or the first company I was at, their broker, that I should assimilate. That's essentially what she said to me. Changed some things about myself. And I was there for a couple of years. Did okay. But when I left there and when I really came into my own, when I really owned every part of who I am and decided not just to own it, to, but to brand my entire business around it, that's when I became super successful. I think consumers can sense when you're being true to yourself. They don't want to work with a fake person. They want to work with somebody that is someone they want to be like. 
someone they aspire to be. Same way with television. People watch because you're entertaining. They aspire to be like you. They can relate to you. And when you live your truth, when you own all of who you are, it gives the power back to you. You're not looking externally for approval because you approve yeah. of yourself. It gives you a lot of power. It's like, a, it reminds me of a Pink song. Uh, there's that, that famous Pink song. She has a line where she says, you know, L.A. Reid told me that I was great and he wanted to sign me, but then he, I'm paraphrasing, but then but then he said, I need you to emulate Britney Spears. And she was like, you know, F that, you know, I'm not, you know, that's not Pink. That's not me. And, and now she's famous for just being, you know, Pink, just completely liberated pink she is who she is and so anyways that's it's the same sort of thing it gives you power and that power just kind of like a snowball just gets bigger and bigger and now you know you're certainly more powerful um than you've ever been and i love that and the key there really and truly is the personal empowerment i don't know if if that's coming through but it's feeling personally, internally empowered. It's not about the money. It's not about the success. It's not about the awards. It's not about being on TV necessarily. It's about the personal, internal feeling of being empowered. That is more rewarding than anything else. And then what's most fulfilling, at least for me, is inspiring and influencing other people through sharing my story. And that's why I signed up for Like a Boss. It wasn't for you know the money, the fame, anything like that necessarily. Those are bonus items. But for me, it was about using the show as a platform to share my story, to hopefully tell people and on a much broader platform, of course, um, my story, my journey, and take you know what I do in a speaking engagement environment where people are, you know, it's an audience of 50, 100, 200 people taking that sort of platform, but then expanding because it's a television show and people being able to benefit from it. There was a quote that Michelle Obama made in a speech years ago that has always stuck with me. And like you, I'll paraphrase it because I'm sure I won't get it right. But it was something along the lines of when you rise up, when you do well, when you are successful, you don't just pull yourself forward. You look behind you and you look to those people that also want to rise up. They may need a helping hand. Yeah. They may need inspiration. They may need a mentor. You look behind and you pull those people with you and you lift them up with you. And that is something that I truly believe in. That is why I'm on the show. That is why I'm mentoring my assistant on the show. The episodes that have aired, people ask me, why do you believe in him so much? Why do you um, have so much patience with him and encourage and support him? I even had my other employees saying, why do you believe in him? Why don't you fire him? And it's (laughs) because I believe in him. I truly believe in his potential. Now, I can only believe in someone so much. Eventually, they've got to do their part. Mm. And you'll see that play out over the, the season and the show. But I want to do everything I can on my end to help that person. And it comes from a very personal place for me because I didn't have a mentor. I didn't have anyone who believed in me. I come from a family that's very emotionally detached. They're highly supportive of me. They accept me completely and totally. They always have. There's never been, you know, my coming out story is so anticlimactic. I told my mom and she was like, are you sure? How old were you? 
I was a freshman in high school. I okay. went to a Christian high school. And you knew and, you knew at what age? Oh, I was young, young, young. I didn't I didn't know a name for it necessarily, but I knew I was different. You just knew you were like attracted to men like other friends of yours might have been attracted to, to girls. Well, because I mean when you're before you go through puberty, you don't have sexual feelings, of course. Right. I just knew in a way that I was different at that point. And then when I went through puberty, you know, then when it, that's when it all came together. And of course there was a name I learned for it. So, um, so your mom so was asking, was, Oh, is there any cute girls or whatever? And you were like, mom, I'm different. No, it didn't happen like that. I went to a Christian school and my mom was really religious. She raised us in church. We had to go three times a week, Sunday morning, Sunday evening and Wednesday evening. And so I joke that I've done my time. I've done my time in church. I don't wow. need to go to church anymore. Um, that's a joke. I'm not hating on anyone who, yeah, who no, feels no. that is faith is, is right? important in their lives. I just make fun of myself constantly. Um, so that's a joke. But I went to a Christian school, and the very first day of high school, they were preaching in Bible study class or religious studies, whatever it was, about homosexuality being a sin, an abomination, I believe was the word was used. Wow. And I was just coming to terms within myself with what the term meant, what it meant for my life, who I was, how it defined me, all those things. And I was crying and when I got home and my mom was like, what's wrong? And I finally said, you know, I'm, I'm gay. And she said, are you sure? I just want you to be sure. And I said, yes. And she said, well, then we completely support you. And my dad, um, when I told him, it was a really funny part of the story. He said, yeah, so we already knew that. He still <laughs> loved you. Yeah. And he gave me a hug and that was it. I mean, it, it was, and that's my dad. I mean, it's just yeah, very yeah. simple, very basic. Um, he just said, yeah, so we already knew that. We still love you. It doesn't change anything. So I knew they knew. And I have a very great, obviously exceptional um, coming out story. Most people don't have quite such an anticlimactic story as I do. Yeah. But, um, and that really helped me. But my family is much more emotionally detached, whereas I'm much more emotional and sensitive. People in business don't always see that side of me, but I am very emotional and very sensitive. I feel things very deeply. And part of what leads me to, um, want to mentor and inspire other people and push them to become empowered is because I didn't have a mentor, because I was so emotional. I wanted to have people to share that with, and yet the people in my family were by nature very different from me. Mm. And I always felt like, you know, while they were supportive of me, I didn't have necessarily the belief in me coming from someone within my family. Um, having such a detached family had its benefits. I mean, I went through all four years of college. They never asked me about my grades. I was never pushed into any one profession or career, um, whereas a lot of kids have parents breathing down their necks. Yeah. I never had that. I mean, it was hands off. You do what you want, how you do it, when you want to do it. We were treated like little adults from a very young age on. And um, my dad now says, look at my kids. None of them have been arrested. None of them have been in jail. None of them, you know, yeah, are unsuccessful. Right. They're yeah. all successful adults. Um, so he thinks his way worked. He pats himself on the back for that. I would probably raise children a little bit differently if, if I ever have them. But he does pat himself on the back that his kids all turned out being so successful and adjusted and everything in life. So at what point, um, at what point did you decide or what drives you today to decide to be rather than, you know, the, the traditionally 
more conservative gay man who, you know, might be a real estate agent who's kind of working in the system, right, as looking like other real estate agents, uh, you know, to someone who is extremely proud, as you are, and extremely liberated and extremely successful at being proud and liberated as a, as a gay real estate agent. Did you just wake up one day and say, you know, fuck it, I'm going to just be totally out there and, um, and I, and, and I don't care. I'm going to like push forward that way. I wouldn't say it was that I would say it began like I referenced in high school. And then when, uh, I was at the very first company, I was at a conservative family owned brokerage here in the area. And, you know, I was told to assimilate then as I was told in high school and, it, I wasn't happy. It wasn't working for me to a large degree. And certainly there's always that fear that if you live your life out loud, if you live your truth, if you put it all out there, um, which most people don't, that you will face rejection. You will face people that are trying to knock you down. You will have people that try to hold you back, don't accept you, don't do business with you. But you know what? Some people aren't going to like me because I'm blonde. Some people aren't going to like yeah. me because... Um, I'm tall and lean with a big butt and big lips and an afro top of my head. <laughs> I mean, people aren't going to like you for whatever reason. Yeah, I call myself the first albino African-American. <laughs> I've got you know, this afro, like heavily textured hair atop my head and then this big old booty and big fish lips. <laughs> well, Yet I look like I'm straight off the boat from Scandinavia. And <laughs> often ask me if I'm German or Scandinavian and I'm not. My family's been here for like five million years. Uh, maybe you should but, do one of those uh, 23 and Me uh, things and see I've where actually you wanted really to do are. That. Yeah. But as far as I know, I'm like British and Irish. I don't know where everything came from. Well, well here's, uh, a, here's a thought I have. Actually, when you're talking about rejection, right? Like, so if you stayed at that traditionally family-owned uh, brokerage, right? And you suited up every day and, and you had your crew cut and whatever, and you were didn't wear makeup or whatever. You're just tight, right? And you went on listing appointments. You, you know, you might get rejected from some people that be like behind the scenes, you know, that that guy's gay, you know, and, and, and discriminated against. But actually, by being so out there and, and getting all your business from branding, right? Nobody lists with you uh, unless they've seen you, essentially, or seen your signs, let's say, or see, which usually seen you, then you're actually getting less rejection because they already rejected you before they called, right? If they don't want to list with you, they're not going to call you. But the people that call you, they already know who you are because you've made a point to show them who you are. Does that make sense? Yes. So you don't have to worry about rejection. And the, the key point there, I think, for agents is that you are in a, a position of power when it's an incoming organic lead. So you're not paying for the lead in any way. You're not going after the for sale by owner, the expired listing. You're not knocking on doors. You're not cold calling. When it's incoming, you're the one in power. They want you. So like there are times where sellers are unreasonable, as we all know, um, over offers that come in, over pricing, over whatever that we deal with them in the transaction. And there are times that I say to sellers, you know, I mean, if you're not happy, I want you to have the best experience that you can have. So... You know, by all means, if if you feel like, because I'm feeling like this, that we need to terminate your listing agreement, then I can do that today. Mm. If you're not happy in some way, I want you to have a good experience. And every single time, I'm sure there'll be a first time, but every single time in the past, they've said, no, 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 no. 
I really want to work with you. There's just been this one issue or that issue that came up, that problem. I really want to continue listing with you. Who else would I want to list with? Whereas when you are having to go out and get the business, most often you are in that position. They're in the position of power. You're beholden. Yeah, you're yes. beholden to, to them. That. And there's nothing worse in life. I, I, here's something that, that I'm thinking about now. In the last month or so, I've had two different agents say two different stories. One said, I'm pregnant and I don't want my competition to know because they'll use it against me. Like uh, she's going to be having a baby in the future. You don't want to list with her. And I had somebody yesterday tell me I have breast cancer and I'm going through treatment. And I said, great, this will be inspirational. Can we talk about it on the show? And this is a call before the show started. And she said, absolutely not. And I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. You know, I'm glad I'm asked. And she said, I don't want my competition to know because they'll be like, oh, she's going to die. You know, you don't want to list with her or, or something like that. And I'm thinking to myself, who the hell would say that? But do you think that that is okay to think like that? Uh, what, what is your thought process on both of those uh, examples? Well, it goes back to what you said, you know, I think when we first began our conversation, that you should never approach a situation like that and think about it in terms of how it affects other people and how it could hold you back. People are people are people. I don't care if it's a $500 house in the ghetto or it's a $5 million home on the ritzia side of town. People are people are people. They're doing the same things. They're just different class structures, different statuses, um, different financial situations, different educations. But people are people are people. What do you mean by that? Like At what, basic what, level. Like like what are you saying? Like should these agents think like that, or that, know, talk about that in in regards to your power thing again? What I'm saying is that those struggles in life, whatever it is, define these people. I don't know them obviously, but it defines them as a human being. There's nothing wrong with that. Me living my truth in whatever way I live it, in whatever way I choose to live it. I could decide today I don't never want to get spray tanned again. That's not part of what I want to do anymore. I'm sick of the sticky feet and the nose filters and the shower caps on my head and, you know, all of the stuff that goes along with it. I mean, my pursuit to look like a Brazilian is exhausting. I will tell you that. But <laughs> I could do that. However, and my competition could say, well, he's on TV. He's spending yeah, so much sure. time filming, doing promotions. Right, that's a probably getting better Getting his hair example. done, getting yeah. spray tanned, getting you know his face beat before he goes on camera. Someone could say that about me. And what I would say is, you know what? I, I choose to spend my time doing that. You choose to spend your time golfing or with your kids doing family activities. Or if you're getting chemo treatment, all of these things make us real life human beings. And that's what it should come down to. We should never be judged based on the color of our skin tone, um, the depth of our skin tone, the texture of our hair, you know, whether we're male or we're female, whether, you know, we're struggling with a chronic illness or a disease. You should be looked at, viewed and judged for those things. You should be valued as the human being, the journey that you've shared in this life with other human beings, what you've learned, how you've benefited, how you can help other people grow and learn in their journey in this life. That is how we connect. It is how we relate to each other. So by sharing your truth, whether it be pregnancy, breast cancer, going through a divorce, 
any number of different things. It's never a bad thing unless you look at it yeah. as a bad thing. If right. you brand it as a bad thing, yeah, it's going to be a negative. I mean, you could brand it as a positive thing and say, you know, the people may say, well, I want to listen with her because she's pregnant because, I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm supporting this baby or helping her, you know, keep money through her radiation because I've had radiation before or because I have a cousin that's, that's homosexual or because I have a, you know, whatever. You know what I mean? It could be a positive thing or a negative thing. It's kind of like, you know, when I talk to agents about a listing appointment, I have a bunch that say, oh, I always want to be the first. And then you have a whole bunch that say, oh, I want to be the last. And I'm like, you know, it doesn't make a difference. It, it's really how you look at it. If you believe being the first is the way to go, then do that. If you believe that telling people that you're pregnant because it's a positive thing, I think it will be a positive thing. Does that make sense? Exactly. And it's like I said, it's how you choose to brand it. I would look at, you know, like I do many of my friends that have children that work full-time careers. I look at them and I'm like, oh my gosh, how in the world do you do it? Because I can't imagine having one child and being able to do all that you do. So to me, I look at that with respect. I see that person as a strong person, stronger in ways that I may not be strong in. And I respect and admire that person for someone that is battling breast cancer or any you know chronic illness disease anything in their lives that can make you stronger and i have respect and admiration for a person that's been part of that journey the most interesting people to me in life are the ones that are challenged if you have never been challenged if you've never gone through something that rocked you to your core mm. whether it be losing someone that was close to you whether it be growing up gay in the bible belt south whether it be going through cancer or having four children and managing a, a household managing a husband which i date men oftentimes they are like a child so i totally get that for the <laughs> women out there and the gay men whatever it is it defines you in beautiful, strong ways. I had someone who worked for me that was a recovering meth addict, and he was so afraid of me finding out. Well, number one, I do background checks on everybody. It's in my contract if you read it. <laughs> so I'm going to find out if you've ever been arrested or anything that ever happened. But that, that was not a negative to me. I saw it as a good thing that he had struggled with something in his life, and he was in the process of overcoming it. And certainly it's going to be something that he's probably going to battle every day, just like an alcoholic or you know anyone who has an addiction, a substance abuse problem. You're likely going to have that for the rest of your life. But it makes you more beautiful to me that you are that much more – you have that much more depth to your character. Wow. That you've been challenged by something. You've overcome it. It's made you stronger if you allow it to make you stronger. Because you can choose to be beaten down by stuff in life or you can choose to get right back up. And if you're going to be in this business that we know is a real estate brokerage sales, then you got to get right back up every single time. I love that. I love that. That's awesome. It defines uh, who you are by having struggle. So what advice, Blair, do you have for, let's just for LBGT agents that don't live in California or, or New York City that are, uh, you know, pondering, you know, how they should, you know, handle their real estate business? What, what advice do you have for them? 
and I don't think it has to be real estate. It can be any business. Certainly real estate, because of the nature of the business, we're typically independent contractors. We're working on our own. So it's a different kind of business than really, I always tell new agents, it's different than anything else, any other industry out there. Right. Because if you're um, a car salesman, you know, your boss still has control of you. They could say, eh, Blair, you know, that the poofy hair is a bit much or the make uh, the, the spray tan is just, but, but in real estate, Hey, you know, it's, you're your own boss, your own business. So go ahead. I'm sorry. What was, what was the advice you have? Everyone's on their own journey in this life. And I'm, I'm not here to tell people how to live their lives. Everyone has to make their own decision in what's right for them. Sexual orientation specifically, since you're asking about that, I don't think it is black and white. Americans typically like to categorize everything as one or the other in an extreme situation. And I think we're coming to understand as a society, I think the world in some parts of the world is much more progressive than us in some ways, but we're coming to understand a fluidity to human beings that it isn't just one or the other. Uh, you know, the I am Kate show on um, television, I think is a good example of that. You know, that's kind of the last, I hope it's the last taboo, quote unquote, and it's becoming more normal, just like in the 80s and 90s, being gay was more taboo. And now that is, you know, more commonplace. Everyone's on their own journey. Caitlyn Jenner, you know, didn't come out as transsexual or transgender rather until much later in life. Someone else may do that, uh, may go through that process much younger. Everyone makes the decision that's right for them at the time that's right for them. I just hope that by sharing my journey and my story that I can help inspire, influence other people. I remember to this day when Ellen DeGeneres came out, I was, um, I was young, I don't remember what age, but she had her own sitcom on TV and she came out on the sitcom and it was a big thing. It was huge. And the ratings, I believe, dropped. The show, you know, wasn't on air anymore. And Ellen kind of disappeared for a little while. And then she came back, of course, in a big way. I mean, who doesn't know Ellen now? She's like Madonna or Oprah. You know her by her first name. And in the media world, that's what you want. So I remember going through that, seeing her go through that struggle. And you could feel it. She was so real, which is the way I try to be on camera. I am always myself. You will get every part of me. I don't even remember stuff I said. When I watch the show, I'm like, oh my gosh, I said that? I'll cut you like a bitch. Like, I can't believe I said that. <laughs> um, but it just comes out. It's natural. And that's how you, I know it's me because I just say it and I move on. Um, but with Ellen, I wrote her a letter when I was young and I, I shared with her that it was very inspiring for me to, to see her go through her journey of living her truth and when she gave an interview sometime thereafter, she referenced um, letters and specifically one letter. Of course, I thought it was me she was talking about. I'm sure she got millions. But um, I still <laughs> to this day watch her and I still am inspired by her. And that's what I hope to do. I don't necessarily I want to or have to be an Ellen. That is not my goal. I don't want to be a media mogul and have a talk show. I'm not aiming for that. But whatever platform I have, whether, you know, I'm speaking to a group in a couple weeks. Um, actually, I think it's next week. It is. And that will be a platform, whether it's like a boss, whether it is um, going on a listing appointment and meeting people that way. 
I hope that by being true to myself in my own journey that I can inspire and influence and that people find the way that's right for them. I'm not here to tell you how to live your life. That, that's, that's not something I can do. Just like buyers and sellers, a buyer will say, well, what should I pay for the house? I can't tell you because I'm not paying that mortgage payment that you're going to be paying every month. It may be worth more to you than it is to me. Mm. So I, I can't give advice in the sense of this is what you should do, except to find your way on your journey that you think is best for you. And when people choose to live within their own self-created prison cells, what I would like to say to them is most likely, because I know from personal experience, people that I know that, that do that, that don't live their truth, and most people around them have a sense of what their truth is. They have a feeling that they are gay, for instance, and they don't have any problem with it. It's an internal problem that the person has struggled with struggling with, and they're putting it on the other people outside of themselves, thinking they won't accept me. Whereas the other people outside of them that I know, honestly, will have no problem with it. It's an internal struggle within them that they need to get over the problem within themselves. So that's where I think you should start, is within yourself. Don't worry so much about other people. I'm proof that, hey, if I can be the number one agent half the years I've been licensed, here in the Bible Belt South, anything is possible for anyone. And I hope that by this podcast, by Like a Boss, that people can find whatever it is that's right for them in this journey that we call life. That's beautiful. And and I love it. I think it says so much to like positivity, to like like you said earlier, several times you said, you know, if I see it as, as positive, as I see it as a good thing, it, it will be a good thing. And how is it a good thing? Well, look look what the branding that it's got to you. And and I think a lot, a lot of people also listening that are real estate agents, because, you know, probably 70 to 80% of the listeners are real estate agents are, hey, there is so many ways to get business. And here's a way, if you don't like cold calling and you don't like prospecting and you don't like those sort of assertive activities, which I think there's more agents that don't like that than like it, um, you can build a huge business on branding. You can buy, you know, things and, you know, buy business through branding and, uh, and snowball it into something huge like the number one agent in your town, your county, or, or your state like you have done with number one in Georgia. So it's a it's amazing. It's inspirational. But before we wrap up, I did want to. Um, I, I and can I say one? Yeah, more go thing? ahead, please. Yeah. Do you get that? That's and I'm speaking to your listeners now. Do you get that? That's empowering. So it's not just to be about being empowered personally. When you have an independent individual brand, you are empowered by that brand because if you are depending upon syndication sites, and we all know what they are, ZTNR. If you're depending on those, if you're depending on the um, the lead generation sites like um, Boomtown and Market Leader, and there's a bunch of others, you are running a dependent business model where if that goes away, you go away too. And I've seen it happen to agents that were good agents. And they went from being able to make a great living in real estate to doing a nine to five job, which there's nothing wrong with. but one I'm thinking of specifically is a busy mom. Real estate really worked well for her um, family life because she was able to set her schedule to some degree and she was making way more money. But she ended up quitting the business because the lead generation site that the company used went away. 
And that is why I'm so all about people building their own brand. You should never look to the company to feed you or hand you anything. You should always be building your own brand based on yourself. And you will not only be personally empowered, you'll be empowered professionally because then you have something that no one can take away from you. No one can take my brand away from me. It's built on me. I can move it anywhere I want to go from this company to another company and I'll be just as successful. And that is key, especially going forward because we're in a day and age where people go online and they learn about us. They want to like us, they want to know about us before they ever pick up the phone. So that's why you go on worldofblair.com and you see that I've got so much about myself, personally and professionally on there, on my social media, everywhere you go, you can learn pretty much anything you want to know about my life, where I've been, what I'm doing, what I'm going to do, because it's about people wanting to work with us. And, and that's what they have to want to work with us. When I coach and mentor agents, what I will tell them is you, most of the time, they're not like me. They, they don't look like a Ken doll walking around middle Georgia. They look like every other person, as you referenced a few minutes ago, you know, there was a guy I coached, he was like average height, 5'9", five, 5'8", five, something, brown hair, brown eyes, average build. He had like three or four kids, married. He just, his life, his lifestyle, his look, there was nothing exceptionally different about it. He just blended in. And I said, you've got to start actually two steps back from where I started. I already was different. I just looked back at myself and said, how am I different? How can I brand that? Through a Blair doll through Blair Balm, through Care Blair Bears. How can I brand in those ways? He's got to start behind me and say, how am I going to define myself? There's an agent I coach now. And I said, you wear crazy socks and you wear these really bright, like put your eyes out colored shirts. Every other way he kind of blends in. But those can be the ways that you begin to brand yourself. Yeah, and we'll start it's like what that. I was talking about—the double take on the car or, or the billboard. You know, they with you—they're they're doing a double take. They're like, "Wow, that," you know, he's kind of feminine looking, or or whatever. They're doing a double. Cause same thing is like, there's that guy that wearing the Hawaiian shirts all the time. It's like a double take. You know what I mean? And it, and that in itself, I think, is a like a re-triggering or a, what do they call it on Facebook and, and like a, a retargeted ad. Right where they, they 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 use that term, where like if you click on uh, a pair of shoes, it keeps showing up because it's retargeted to you. It's the same thing. It's by by making someone do a double take, you're retargeting that message. And that's all you want. It doesn't matter if they say negative things. It do, you know I get negative comments on the social media for the show, and they're not necessarily negative, but you know like you said, taking a double take at you know picture of me. There will be people that say, oh, is that a woman? And then somebody else will say, say, isn't it? Um, well, you know, they must be wearing makeup. Well, in that particular instance that I'm thinking of, it was a cast shoot day. We were all wearing makeup on the cast. Um, and, of course, we wanted to look amazing for the pictures. But I don't care. I want people to talk about me. And I learned that from a very young age where I was talked about all the time. As long as they're talking about me, I'm relevant to them. It doesn't matter what they're saying. So take the personal, don't take it personally, look at, at it as a business. And reality stars are primo at this. They don't care if people are saying negative things. It's as long as they're talking about them that it makes them relevant. If you're making fun of my hair on social media and creating a trend, I don't care. 
I want you to because that means that I'm relevant to you. You are investing the time and the energy. There was a guy when I was on Honey Boo Boo that messaged um, me from my site and said, do you realize how ridiculous you look? You know, you've got these big fish lips and this big, huge fat ass and whatever else he said. And I read it and I just kind of smiled because I realized it took him how long to go on and Google my name, find my, my website, then find the contact me form, then fill it in, then write me that message and send it. If you're willing to invest that kind of time and energy, in doing all of that, it means I'm relevant to you, boo-boo. Mm. So I'm I'm so thankful that you reached out to me like that because I don't care what you say about me. I just care that you talk about me, that I'm relevant to you. I'm not gonna get all the business. I'm not I mean I get his business, but I'll get the five other people that also saw whatever he's looking at that find me inspirational or influential or impressive or admire or respect me in some way. That's what I'm aiming for. Yeah, that's awesome because, you know, I think so much people put so much weight in the and, and create drama behind, oh, they're talking behind my back. Where here again, you've, you're sending that same message, which is it's only negative if someone talks behind your back if you want it to be. If you tell yourself it's right for people to talk, it's a good thing for them to talk about my, behind my back. Just like you thinking it's a good thing to go first in a listing appointment or last one. Just like you think it's a good thing that people look at me and think I'm feminine, you know, whatever it is, if you change the way you think to, it's a good thing. It gives you all the power. And I, that's awesome. And I'm glad you mentioned Honey Boo Boo too, because I, I wanted to bring this up. One of the episodes when you're showing them houses, it was just something I found absolutely hilarious. I still laugh about it to this day, but you, and hopefully you remember this, but do you remember the, the part where she says, where her sister says, uh, we want to buy a house where every room is painted a different color? Yes, the they that's where the name of the episode came from was Funk Shui. Yeah, Funk Shui. It was Funk Shui. Yeah, I, I thought that was funny. I just thought that was funny. She's Funk Shui. <laughs> yeah, you know, I loved them. I enjoyed working with them before I had met them. I'd never met them before we filmed. I'd never even watched the show, and people were asking me, "Do you really want to do this? Do you know who they are?" And I was like, "Sure, I'll do it." I mean, how bad can it be? And um, when they, this is a funny story for you. When they drove up, Mama June doesn't have a driver's license. Her brother, no, her brother-in-law was driving her around. And they were late, so they were getting me started in an interview, like a pre-showing the home interview. And they drove up during that interview, and Mama June was yelling out the side of the door, tell the realtor that um, Lee, who's her brother-in-law that was driving her, and it's also gay, Leal, um, give him a blow job or blow him if he gets us a good deal on the house. That was my first introduction mm. to the Honey Boo Boo clan. <laughs> and we actually had to stop filming because she kept yelling it out the side of the Suburban that they drove up in and the mic was picking it up, the boom above With all, with all the kids in the car and everything. Yeah, so she's yelling this out the side of the car. So we stopped filming, we shut it down, and Lee went over, her brother-in-law was trying to shut the door to, to get her to shut up. Then we met, and they had heard about me because they love gay people. Mama June loves the gays. And she had heard about me through different people. She said, oh, I heard you live in a $2 million house. And I was like, yeah, no, it's not quite, you know, that expensive. And she heard different things about me, and she knew somebody I used to date that's really country. 
and used to do different things with him, like mudding and fishing and stuff like that. And I mean, I am not that kind of person, but I have dated people that are like that. And she was joking with me about him. Bubba is his name and um, or his nickname. And she said, oh, yeah, you know, Bubba and blah, blah, blah. And she brought up something sexual. And I said right back to her without hesitation. I am so glad you brought that up because I'm going to call him and make sure he's available tonight. And it is going to be an amazing night. I'll tell you, I forgot how good it was. And she loved it. She loved the fact that I came right back to her and she was used to shocking people and I wasn't shockable. I was just coming right back to her and giving it right back to her. We got along great. We had a wonderful time filming together. Um, They were obviously much more out there than even me. Did they buy a house? No, they did not buy a home. (laughs) It was Um, just for show almost. Yeah, they did not buy a home, but um, I enjoyed filming with them. It was a great experience. I I thought they were a great family in many ways. When people were critical, and they were, of me working with them, I had people question, why would you take their money? I had people question, why would you work with them? Well, like I said initially in this conversation, I don't turn my nose up to anybody. Right, yeah, yeah. And I will work with anyone. And the thing that I find beautiful about their family is that they are so accepting and so supportive of each other. You can take all of the kind of wrapping that they're wrapped up in, if that's what you want to call it, of being really loud, somewhat inappropriate, you know, all of these things that people have an issue with. Obnoxious, yeah. If that's what you want to call it, yeah. You can take all that away and look at them on a base level. What connects them as a family is unconditional love. Mm, True. And that is a beautiful thing. Right. And just being themselves any shape form, any shape or form. And that's kind of what you've done is just been yourself uh, amplified. You know what I mean? Here, here I am. Look what it's, it's brought you. I mean, it's just amazing. Well, listen, Blair, I really appreciate you coming on the show today. I appreciate you giving me permission to, you know, talk about so many things that want to say they're taboo at, at one point were taboo and uh, so many things that actually are, I'm thinking, well, you know, this will be one of the most inspiring shows. I think for a lot of people listening, it certainly was inspiring for me in just allowing people to be themselves and to think that everything that is not ordinary is a good thing. You do not want to be ordinary, right? There's, there's no, a, you don't. Because I mean. then you're like, you, no one remembers you. And this business is built around making yourself memorable. You don't want to be the agent they forget. You know, if you stick out, then they won't forget you. And if your listeners want to follow me um, on Twitter, Instagram, I'm at I am the Blair. I put everything on there, very much live out loud. And then on my world of Blair, which is the community of sites I have, I have a personal blog, which is fashion, beauty, food, um, fitness advice. And then I ha- that's all Blair.com and it's all accessible from world of Blair.com. But then the separate site for my business blog is like a Blair.com. So it plays off the <laughs> like a boss, but it's like a Blair.com. And I post regularly about the show, my experiences with the show, that my expectation going into the show was that I would not be the one learning that my assistant would come into his own. And I experienced quite the opposite. I felt at the end of filming that I was the one that learned uh, the most from the show. So that was a, a really almost a paradox. It was, it was very interesting. 
um, counterintuitive to what I thought would happen. Um, and I chronicle all of that as the show airs, as well as just general business advice on that site. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I wish you the best with that. I wish you the best in, in not only, uh, you know, doubling from 200 to 400. I hope you double back to 800 next year and keep doubling. So keep at it and, and kudos with everything. And uh, please stay in touch. I certainly will. Have a great one. Thank you, Pat. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this session of Real Estate Rockstars. I'm Pat Hyben, and I appreciate you spending time tuning in for some rock-solid advice. I encourage you to take action on something that you have connected with. These insights, along with goal setting, will help carry you to achieving your destiny. Visit hybendigital.com for resources, how-tos, ebooks, and so much more. Also, reach out to us on Twitter. My handle is at Pat Hyben. And don't forget, Rockstar Nation, keep rocking. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.